When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Um, Matthew Collar, Myron Metcalf, back here on Purple Daily. And what we've been doing all week, and I hope to continue doing, is a fun segment we call Two Minute Drill. So ramp up that NFL music. And here's how it works, Myron. You have two minutes to make three different arguments and debate with me. We each have two minutes on the clock, and we have three topics, and Jonathan judges who made the stronger argument. And I'll make a tweak from how I've done this before. Before I've assigned your opinion, and then you had to make the case, but I'll I'll now let you decide which side of the debate you want to be on. So here is the first topic. If the Ravens win... The quarterback position will be changed, and I mean win the Super Bowl, will be changed forever because of Lamar Jackson. Do you want to argue that it will or will not be changed forever? That it will. Okay. Let's start there. Do you want, uh, who should go first, Jonathan? Road team goes first? Yeah, road team. All right, road team goes first. Jonathan, we'll start the clock. You have two total minutes to make all three arguments, so don't use two minutes just for this first argument and go. The black people are coming to change the quarterback <laughs> position. No, I'm just kidding. No, no I don't want to say that. Um, I think I remember a time. Oh, the emails. I remember a time when we didn't lines. have a bunch of six three, six four, six five wide receivers. Now it's just a norm. And I remember how Randy Moss was perceived when he showed up, his agility, his athleticism, uh, his size, and how that just sort of changed how we viewed that position and what a big wide receiver could be. Not just some big, strong guy, but a guy who could move and be agile. I think Lamar Jackson is going to create a new generation of quarterbacks. And more than anything, what he's going to change, you may not run like him, you may not play exactly like him, but it's going to be very, very difficult difficult to get a job in the NFL at that position if you're not an athletic quarterback. You don't have to run every time, but to not have the ability to do that I think the pocket passer, the traditional guy who's not moving around in the pocket, your Brady's, your Mannings, I think that generation is gone if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl. How much time did he use there? Uh, you got 54 seconds left for. Okay, so he's just over a minute. All right. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna tell me when to go. Uh, I'm gonna argue three. that he's not going to change the position. Two, one, go. All right. Um, 
Randy Moss is a great example because everyone started drafting guys hoping for Randy Moss and they didn't find them. There is bust after bust after bust of six foot four, six foot five wide receivers. Oh yeah, we got the next Moss. No, you don't, because he is a generational all time talent. The same way that I think Lamar Jackson, with this ability to run and throw the ball now this year, is an all time talent. He is super unique. They show up once every 10 years, and if teams... I think teams will be smart enough to not say, let's find the next Lamar Jackson, because they will know there just aren't that many Lamar Jacksons. I will concede the point that athleticism has become much more of a uh, part of the game, but I also think that the NFL has enough of these teams, and just look around, watch any fourth down on a Sunday, and look around at how meat-headed these teams can still be, that they will still be enthralled with big hands and big arms that you can take at the top of the draft. You will still see your Josh Allens. Somehow you'll probably still see your Mitch Trubisky's taken at the top. I don't think it's changing it. I think we should enjoy the hell out of it, but I don't think it's changing it massively. How much time did I use? You've got 46 seconds left. Yeah, you used a lot of time. I used a lot of time. Did I win? both did. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Myron. I think there's going to be a lot more kids who see Lamar Jackson playing the way he plays and the style of quarterback that he is that previously didn't think they would be able to play the position, and there's going to be a whole lot more NFL scouts looking for guys who play like that now. All right, our second topic, Myron, you have 54 seconds left to use on our last two topics. Uh, we should be, uh, we should not be worried about the Rams somehow booting the Vikings out of the playoffs. Do you agree that we should not be worried, or do you want to make the counter-argument that we should be worried about them Rams? I'll make it that we should be worried. Okay, go ahead. What are the last two games? Green Bay? And then Chicago's waiting right there. I mean, could it get worse uh, for the Vikings in terms of the history there? Uh, a Bears team waiting to play the role of spoiler. A Packers team here on Monday night that's coming in, uh, hoping to add another win to their tally. So, to me, this is not a team that's reached a point where it can't be worried. 30 seconds. Uh, I think they certainly should be concerned about what the Rams might do. I don't think the Rams will, but I certainly think that has to be something on their minds. I think the Rams, I'm just going to go here, Jonathan, okay? Mm -hmm. I think the Rams win every other game. (laughs) And and last week they didn't show up, so they could win this one. And uh, maybe you should be a little concerned about that element of it, of them surprising you, because McVay's still smart and all that. But this Vikings team is different than they have been in the past. Both games are at U.S. Bank Stadium. This is not last year where the number 3 receiver is Laquan Treadwell. It's not Kevin Stefanski just trying to figure out how to be an offensive coordinator. Gary is here. They will win one of the two. We won't even have to worry about the Rams. I'm going to give this point to Caller. You said it. You said the key point there. Both these games are at U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings just don't lose. So, How, how right. much time does he have versus me? 15 right. seconds for Caller, 22 seconds for Myron. <laughs> All right. We are terrible game. Got, got him, got him. We are I know. We are the clock. Right. And we sit there on our it's couch terrible. and go, I was going to say, Caller criticizes coaches. What's for, wrong with this coach? This is terrible. Andy Reid, what are you doing? I am the Andy Reid of my got, own game. I invented the game. You got 15 seconds left? All right. Last Good one. Luck. Brett Favre is better than Aaron Rodgers. Which side do you want on that one? The no side. <laughs> Okay, so Brett Favre is not better than Aaron Rodgers. No. That's what you want to argue yeah. for. All right, how many seconds do you have? 20, 22. 22 seconds. Go ahead. Go. Don't go over. Interception ratio, Aaron Rodgers versus Brett Favre. Mistake-free football, Aaron Rodgers. Terrible, sloppy, ugly football Ten. by Brett Favre. Huge risk taker. 
Strong outcomes sometimes. More efficient quarterback by far, Aaron Rodgers. This is Rodgers' world now, and we're all just living in it in Green Bay. All right. Uh, I have 15 seconds. Yep. Interception ratios in the year 2019, much different than in 1996. Three-time MVP. And if you give me one guy to make one drive and one big throw, I am taking the goat arm, Brett Favre. I'm agreeing with Caller here. I, I'm taking Brett Favre in any moment. Are you moment. kidding? Yeah. No, I'm not. I love Brett, Brett Favre. Favre's not better than Aaron Rodgers. But you didn't Aaron make Rogers the case good enough in 22 seconds. <laughs> Stop it. All right, so that is the two-minute drill. Hopefully we can do this every day because it's always fun and we can touch on some interesting topics. Do you want to talk more about Favre and Rodgers? And then I want to ask you about Delvin Cook. Um, I would take Favre over Rodgers. Right it, now? It, well, first of all, the statistics are such a problem with quarterbacks. Go look at John Elway's stats. Like This guy couldn't be a backup. But he's not playing in the circumstances. And with Favre, three-time MVP, and when he has a 95 or 99 quarterback rating, the rest of the league had like a 75. He was dominating to the same level or higher than Aaron Rodgers was, but he was taking more risk. I do think it's a little bit of a misnomer, though. At his best, he's throwing somewhere between 14 and 17, and then he has pop-up years, especially when he was old. If we're, we're going to talk about the 2005 Brett Favre that throws 29 picks as really Brett Favre, because I think of it as the 96 through 90 or 94 through 96 Favre that's winning the MVP, or 95 through 97, where he's leading the league in yards, he's leading the league in touchdowns, he's way up there in quarterback rating, and I'll tell you the other thing, too, is Favre has this ability to have everybody behind him and care about him and love him and want to win for him that I would take in my locker room a lot over Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't have that same thing. I disagree with that. I mean, like Brett Favre certainly was a likable guy. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been. I think Aaron Rodgers is supported by his team and community, and uh, they're just different dudes. You know, Brett Favre is an old country boy. That that's not Aaron Rodgers, so I, I disagree with that point. I will also say that first off, give one of those MVPs back to Barry Sanders. It was his alone, and he deserved it and should have had it. Uh, I also think if we're going to talk about eras, how many quarterbacks has Aaron Rodgers been up against in terms of greatness who are going to retire as a top ten quarterback all time? I mean, you but Breeze and Manning and Brady and all these other guys he's competing against. To me, it's it's a lot of the how many championships would Carl Malone have had if he hadn't played in the air with Michael Jordan? How many championships would some of the other great players in that era have had if they hadn't been up against the greatest of all time? I don't think Favre played with guys who were at the same caliber. So I think it, there was an easier, a better opportunity to stand out. I think Favre was a great quarterback, but I certainly think Aaron Rodgers in a world without Brady and Breeze and Manning and some of these guys who are going to go down, not as just Hall of Famers, they're going to retire as some of the greatest of all time, maybe the top three, four, five quarterbacks of all time. Aaron Rodgers would look a lot different in terms of that competition pool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's uh, fair to look at this era of quarterbacks and say it's pretty hard to beat your Mannings and, and pretty hard to beat your Tom Brady's and so forth. But with Rodgers, he would often get that team to be – there in the conversation, almost over the top, and then not over the top, which is a lot of Brett Favre's career. And in the NFC, is the competition quarterbacks in the NFC really the same as your AFC, where it's Manning and Roethlisberger and Brady year after year no. after year? 
I mean, th- I think there were plenty of opportunities for Rodgers to go deeper. And that's that's not to say Rodgers trash or, or something like that. It's just to say that they both kind of dealt with that, where they would get them so far and not always get over the top. And they did once, which makes them immortals in yeah. the game. And they dominated statistically. They dominated from visually that they were both incredibly fun to watch. If I'm just giving a slight edge to a guy... It always ends up being on Favre's heart a little bit. That where what does that mean? I don't know what that means. What it means is that I just would have more if I was his teammate, love for Favre and belief in Favre. If I was on the field with him, even though I know he has that capability to throw the big pick, but I would rather have him throw the big pick because he was trying too hard for us than Aaron Rodgers throw it out of bounds because he oh. just didn't want to throw an interception. And and the interception ratio is great, but it's also kind of bogus because a lot of interceptions, there's been studies on this, a lot of them that, that Favre threw are Hail Marys, they're launching the ball down the field. Some were costly in playoff games, for sure, but throwing interceptions, it's a, it's a thing that we put a ton of weight onto with quarterback rating, and I don't know if we if we should. But this is about the oversaturation of statistics in this era, right? The problem is you can find a metric that supports your argument in any case, and that to me is the challenge here. Because you can compartmentalize any specific metric and go, hey, interceptions don't mean as much. Hey, this doesn't mean as much. I think collectively when we're talking about greatness, efficiency has to be a factor in how we measure Brett Favre. Brett Favre, to me, is the Kobe Bryant of quarterbacks in the NFL. He's a guy who I think right now you go, who's who are the five greatest quarterbacks of all time? A lot of people are going to put Brett Favre in that conversation. A lot of people are going to mention Brett Favre. I think as we get go forward over time, he'll be forgotten because of the efficiency and what he lacked. Mm. I think he won't be wow, considered in that class. Wow, this is such a class. harsh take on Brett Favre. I think, Kobe really Bryant's in the same, I think Kobe Bryant's in the same boat. Kobe Bryant is, is a great player, and he's a guy where we go, wow, look at what this guy did with the Lakers' five championships. As we move forward with the efficiency we're seeing with some of the players in the NBA, he'll be forgotten as well. He'll, he won't be forgotten. He'll be pushed aside in the conversations about greatness. And I think Brett Favre, is in a similar boat. I don't think that that should happen. I think you should always be compared to the competition that existed then. So I wouldn't say, "Hey Jesse Owens, man, that guy's slow well, as hell." Look at look at you, you look at Usain Bolt. He'd run right by him. That's the same thing because I have this up right here. 1995, Brett Favre is number one in the NFL in quarterback rating. This year he'd be about 13th, but the average team in 1995 had a 79 quarterback rating. And he was at 99. He was dominating the game in the same way that it was being dominated by Rodgers. In the same way that Michael Jordan hitting all those mid-range jumpers was dominating the game. But today, of course, they'd be three-pointers. Are we going to say, ah, Jordan, throw away my shoes, man. He was shooting mid-range jumpers. Screw him. No. Like, no, but that's the same kind of argument with Favre and all the interceptions. I just think it's like way overstated. He was annihilating the competition. Well, again, if we're going to bring up Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan actually stands the test of time. Michael Jordan, in terms of who he was as a clutch performer, like that's why Michael Jordan still gets all this love, even from the analytics guys, is because what he did in terms of being an efficient performer, that's that still matters and that still holds up. I believe he still is the greatest fourth quarter, the most efficient fourth quarter player in the playoffs of all time. You know, you're never going to take that away from MJ. I don't think I think Brett Favre is a great quarterback, right? So I'm not saying he's not, but I do think we can nitpick wherever we want. Like you and I can go back and forth in hours and talk about this. So 
Was Brett Favre making passes to players who were matched up against six foot three corners who could run four fives, four fours? Probably not. Were the guys coming off the edge running four six, two hundred and fifty pounds? Like I mean, so there are a lot of things that we could do to say was the game a tougher experience for a Brett Favre versus an Aaron Rodgers? For me, I think the efficiency element matters a lot when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. And I think playing in this modern era is actually more difficult because of the athleticism on the field. We've never seen the NFL with this these kind of athletes on every single position, and that's what Aaron Rodgers is up against versus Brett Favre. Well, two things on that. I would right. look at it differently in terms of this era, which I, I think is the easiest to play quarterback that has ever existed. They can't hit you. They can't touch your wide receivers. You say the same thing and, about LeBron, right? I mean, and you ha- but you have genius offensive minds, too, and everything is laid out for you with pass interference and the rules for you to put up these huge numbers. And then when you adjust to these short passing offenses, your numbers can just be astronomical. We've seen the same thing happen in college. The great thing about Brett Favre is that we got to see him, though, in this era. It's not like talking about Elway, who we really didn't get to this passing era. We saw Favre at a million years old in 2009 have a 107 quarterback rating, he's great 33 touchdowns, seven picks, eight yards per attempt, 12 and four record. We got to see him play with the modern rules, with the modern athleticism for the most part, and he annihilated the competition. And of course, threw a pick at the very end. <laughs> and, <laughs> it just right, summed up everything. Right? Right? I mean, it just it is the perfect Brett Favre. Uh, but I like I like Brett Favre's in terms of likability and appreciation for them, which is a different conversation for who's better. I appreciate that his deep-rooted flaw was that he played with a bunch of concussions and a bunch of horrible injuries and probably threw way more picks than he should have because of that. His deep-rooted flaw, not that I say you should play with concussions, I'm saying yeah. that like his toughness was insanity. Yeah. And I, I love that he has this fatal flaw of trying too hard when it came to the biggest moments of feeling like it was all on him and he desperately needed to make a play because winning was the only thing that mattered. And, you know, that might be in Aaron Rodgers, too. It doesn't have the same feeling. It's not. It's not so present with Rodgers yeah. that you relate to this this great superhuman talent who has a kryptonite to him that he just tries too desperately hard in the big moments. It made Favre really lovable. Yeah, I think the differences in terms of their personalities were like Brett Favre was was pretty doggone happy to be. I think a second round pick get picked up by the Packers in a trade after playing with the Falcons. Like he was he was a guy who was happy to have the opportunity. Aaron Rodgers has always competed with this, you looked over me. You passed me up. Yeah. I should have been the number one pick in that draft. Everybody knows it, and now I'm going to play with that chip. That's the difference. Aaron Rodgers comes off as being this arrogant guy to a lot of folks from the outside. Uh, I think that's the difference as well. He's dated celebrities. like He's on State Farm commercials. Brett Favre was doing Wrangler jeans commercials. So I think there were a lot of people who thought Brett was sort of this blue-collar guy versus Aaron Rodgers being a bit Hollywood. So that affects perception as well. But they have no problem with Tom Brady being as Hollywood as anybody. They seem to like that. So we're just so selective. And the problem why a lot of these arguments never make sense is because we have too much information and we can go back and forth in terms of trying to determine what's the more valuable metric in determining greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that there are a lot of good ways to look over it statistically. And then you combine that with 
how did you feel about that player? And, yeah. I, and I agree that it's always a moving target when it yeah. comes to, well, uh, how could any of us be not hypocritical when we're making our opinions about who we like and who yeah. do we not like? I mean, with Brett Favre, I'm just saying, what's great about him is that he choked all the time. <laughs> they're like, well, what, what will you think if Kirk throws the last interception? Like, oh, wait, I'll be slamming this glass again like I was last year. Uh, so there, there is a, a, a bit of that. And um, with Favre, his, his joy for playing the game probably made him relatable, even if you were a Vikings fan, yeah. where he thought, you know, I want him to beat the heck out of that guy, but it's really impossible to dislike someone who plays with, with that level of joy. And when you see Rodgers look over to the sideline, he's got this big, you know, pouty face, yeah. and he's just, you know, I didn't want to play call or something. It just like doesn't have the same feeling. You can't relate to that guy, and there is, there is somewhat of a difference there. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, Myron, Delvin Cook is probably going to miss these last two games. He didn't yeah. practice today. Alexander Madison didn't practice either, so yep. it's the Mike Boone game. Now, I know you've mostly been don't pay running back guy. Not Delvin Cook, though. I've been paid Delvin but Cook But you've guy. been Delvin Cook guy. Early. Does this does this change anything for you? No. No. I mean, I think he um, – that's why I thought they should have paid him early. I think he's still worth a, a hefty paycheck. But I also think every running back, including – Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, should have an incentivized contract. I mean, it should be very, very incentive-based, hitting certain targets, hitting certain marks. I don't think you give any running back in the league uh, a boatload of money at the outset of the deal. Uh, They've got to earn a a lot of it, or else you're going to be in a tough spot. It's just hard to pay even the best. When you look at San Francisco's team, it it becomes really hard to make the case – for paying Delvin a lot of money. As much as I think they will, and as much as I think he is an absolutely exceptional, exceptional talent, but San Francisco paid Jarek McKinnon. He hasn't played any talents for them. No. He's gotten hurt both times. And so that what did they do? Did they sign some huge money free agent? No. They have a guy who I'm not even sure how to say his last name, Raheem oh. Mostert. Yeah. And Matt Breida. And then they did sign Tevin Coleman, who has the fewest yards of their three running backs. Yeah. And so they've tried paying running backs a couple of times, and it hasn't worked. But guess what? As a team, they have almost 2,100 yards of rushing. They have the same yards per carry as a team as Dalvin Cook has. Is Dalvin Cook a running back? Or is he something more? I don't think I, he's something more. See, After think, this year, I, I don't think he is. It's a lot of screen passes. It's not going down the field. It's not McCaffrey. I don't think anyone's McCaffrey. But I do think he's closer to that class of guys who stand out as being more than your traditional north-south running back than the rest. I think there are like five young running backs you might pay in the NFL right now. And I think Dalvin Cook is on that list. But again, not Todd Gurley money. You don't want to pay $40 million up front. You don't want that. I think that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah, That's dangerous. Yeah, and that's, and that's the whole point is if you're going to tell me that this version of Dalvin Cook from weeks one until – 11 is the guy I'm going to get for four years, then, whew, yeah, all right, sign me up. That's my guy. But it becomes very difficult when you're missing games because of injury, again, and it becomes very difficult when you've tried to play through injury and your performance sunk, so now you're not averaging five yards a carry, you're averaging four yards a carry, and then I'm saying, well, if Mike Boone goes and runs for 100 yards and two touchdowns, that's really going to weaken the case for Delvin Cook. I'm I'm extremely conflicted about it because I tend to focus more on the analytical angle, but I've also watched this guy run through tackles like that like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Can you win a playoff game without him? This team, no. Yeah. Nope. 
That that to me is what his agent is telling the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yep, I agree. We're talking and, running backs. We're talking immediate victories. Yeah. If we're term. if we're talking right now, that's why you're sitting him these next two weeks is yep. because you cannot win without him. He is that valuable to the offense. Myron, this is fun. Yeah, man. We'll uh, do it again next Friday, maybe. Maybe. What's next Friday? Does anybody know? Is that Christmas? Is that, like, is that no, day after Christmas? Christmas? That's like two days after Christmas? Christmas. Is that Wednesday or something like that? You, you, by that time, you... Well, and you'll need the money after Christmas. Probably. I need <laughs> so. it now. I just, I just hit... <laughs> my order on Amazon is crazy, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, oh, yeah. I know. Uh, I paid $90 to ship a small box today because yes. it got left behind to send to my parents and... Yep. Bad. Paying for that mistake. So, uh, anyway, the 27th. Yeah, you'll be around. Okay. I just signed you up for that. All right. All right. Thanks uh, for your time, as always. Zolgad's going to be in next. Matthew Collar here on Friday on Purple Daily. We'll be right back on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn 5 times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.